This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me, as always, is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And Newcastle won again, listeners. It's, it's not getting old, to say. I'm Newcastle won, Chelsea nil. I just... I think it could have been more. Yeah, honestly, we were we were probably quite wasteful overall, to be honest, if... If we're being sort of ultra critical, which I mean, I'm, I'm not really, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, there were some good good opportunities that were missed, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm kind of like to say it wasn't the most exciting game, but it was a lot of Newcastle all over them, and then nothing much happening at, at the other end. So I suppose for a neutral, it probably wasn't the best game, but obviously for a Newcastle fan, it was nail biting. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were sort of bits and pieces of excitement. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to say, really, apart from that Conor Gallagher chance where you know Nick Pope made a good save, in terms of the best chances, and I mean, it, you know, it's not necessarily like we were all over them, but you know, it was it was at times a, a fairly dominant performance in terms of the quality of the chances, and yeah, aside from that Conor Gallagher one, it kind of all went our way, and <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a great goal by Joe Willett, which is really really good for him. I feel like. He hasn't been the tour de force that he, he started with last season with yourself. He's been in and out of the squad. So for him to demonstrate his ability to score in front of the home crowd, again, must have been really, really important for him and, and, and his his development and, and him feeling the worth in the team. Because the squad's been so much better Um in a way, he's kind of gone under the radar quite a bit. Not saying that he's not been—he's not a good player and he's not been good, but I think this just just demonstrates him being there. I'm here. Look, remember me. I'm I'm good. And yeah, as a reminder to himself, I think hopefully we'll see him having more of these chances and having a go more and more often now. Yeah, you know, he's he's built on that goal against Southampton the other week, which is his, his first of the season. Mm-hmm. Now to get another one, and with this one being, you know, a winning goal in a one-nil. Um, performance obviously former Arsenal man he'll have enjoyed that against Chelsea and also that man can knee slide like <laughs> the distance that man gets on a knee slide is, I mean, is it was, genuinely it, impressive it was damp though but, so. uh, <laughs> yeah but I yeah I think that was yeah really good for him because I mean obviously you know he, he was never really in contention for a World Cup spot which obviously was a, a little bit of a shame uh, for him, in terms, of, as you say, the way he really like sort of started life at Newcastle, as we remember with all the, you know, we were scoring like every week and stuff. Um, you know, the, he he is a really good player. He's got such potential, and I think this is massive for him. You know, he's still still only a young young guy as well. So, um, yeah, great for him. And again, it just shows with Newcastle just being able to spread our goals around. Uh, we were obviously I was a bit premature last week when I said oh well you know Cam Wilson he was just ill but I'm sure he'll be back next week he only actually managed to come on towards the end of the game because that illness had obviously sort of taken it 
taken it out of him this week, you know. Um, so, yeah, Willock being able to fill in, as we've said, I mean, obviously we've seen Almiron do great, but like the fact that we've, we're able to kind of spread the goals around um, is really impressive. And he, he, we know he's a player that can be a big contributor to that when, he, when he's at his best. And yeah, I mean, we've got to say that that along with the Spurs game the other week, that was a real statement win for Newcastle. You know, a fellow sort of top four rival. Um, to go, uh, obviously we were at home, but you know, a, a, a team that we don't have a great record against historically. I know Chelsea haven't been great for the last few weeks, so obviously that is a factor but the fact is we still took advantage of that and, and made it count exactly and if you get down to the, the nitty gritty of it you're going to be in third place um, as we break for the World Cup so first time we've done this is 20 um, I was say 2021 but that doesn't make sense 2001 and 2002 um, which just seems a lifetime ago yeah. um, and obviously then in that season you finished fourth and seven points behind Arsenal, who who obviously are, are leading, and two points behind Man City. So let's just say that that's five points because let's assume Man City would win their game in hand that they've yeah. got against you. But that's still that's potentially achievable. Um, and yeah, I don't mean to like you know stoke the fires of hope <laughs> in in Newcastle fans. Um, stoke but, away. But I mean, it's not it's not impossible. It's not impossible. One of them just needs to have a mistake. And let's be honest, Arsenal, I mean, I think they've done absolutely amazing this season. And if they're going to win rather than Man City, yes, please. Um, but Arsenal have always been prone to fall apart a little bit. So I'm just kind of waiting for that moment. I don't know. I think it's still a lot to play for. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal, as you say, way to, to end the... Um... I guess this 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 sort of first portion of the season and the consistency has been really really good. Yeah, honestly, we're now we've played what fifteen games this season now, um, so not quite halfway, but a good chunk of the way through. And honestly, off the top of my head, the only games where we didn't perform super well was Brighton when we drew with them nil nil at the start of the season when uh, you know early on where frankly they were kind of all over us for most of that game and we somehow came away with the nil nil draw we weren't brilliant at Old Trafford when we drew drew nil nil with Man United but again came away from Old Trafford with a point and I said we weren't actually that great against Southampton and obviously managed to actually win 4-1 but honestly you know pretty much every week we're playing really well which is that's that's as encouraging as anything else because in that early por- uh, portion of the season where we were just drawing all the time, we were still playing well, as we've said. And then the fact that we've then started getting the results to match those performances on a con- like consistently, because, I mean, we started really kind of picking up and getting our wins, you know, in sort of end of September, start of October. And then now, as we said, you know, we won... <laughs> You know, like, oh god, I I can't remember now. Something like we've won seven or eight of our last nine games, something like that. Yeah, and I've I've lost track. I I, I should have written that down. Uh, should have looked it up. Anyway, um, twenty twenty nine goals scored as well. I mean, who would have thought you'd be saying that this time yeah. of the season? I mean, that that sounds like a hopeful for the for the end of the season for Newcastle. Um, uh, but more importantly, but- that's twenty nine goals scored, and we've barely had our big attacking signing from the summer, Alexander Isak. 
actually available. He only managed to play... He's only scored two of those goals because he only managed to play three times. That's a point. Have we had an update on, on Isaac? Uh, yeah, he's, he's um, hopefully going to be back during this World Cup break. Uh, obviously, oh. we've got a couple... Of, we're, we're off to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, standard. Uh, we're going to have a couple of friendlies. It's likely he's going to be back, um, hopefully for those friendlies, to kind of get him warmed up um, for when we actually resume... Um, you know, just before Christmas with the League Cup. Uh, spoiler alert: we got through. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll revisit that in a moment. But yeah, otherwise you actually kind of look at the attacking players, and it's the same ones really that we ended last season with. It's still Wilson. It's still Chris Wood. It's still Almiron. It's still Sam Maximan. It's still a little bit further back. You, you know, your Brunos and your Joe Willocks. Um So the fact that don't forget Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. <laughs> The fact that we've actually been able to do that just shows the impact that Eddie Howe has been having on the squad as much as anything, and the fact that and the confidence that we've got. Because let's face it, you know, under Steve Bruce, we just had such little confidence that it shows as well. On top of the, sorry, Steve, but the superior coaching they've got now, but also <laughs> just what a wonder just having that confidence can do for you. Um, and then yeah, you look at the back. Obviously, we've completely overhauled the back line since January and certainly uh, added to it in the summer with Nick Pope and Sven Botman but yeah that's 11 goals still only 11 goals conceded which is tied with Arsenal for the best defensive record in the league which is again phenomenal again another clean sheet yesterday yeah we really couldn't really have asked for more heading into the World Cup and I, I suppose the only thing not quite a negative but the only question I suppose is in a weird way, has it actually come at a bad time for us? Because are we going to be able to keep up this momentum after this sort of month-long break? There's that. And then the added question of, are your players going to come back injured after this month-long break to then immediately <laughs> play in the uh, League Cup, which is a, an excellent segue, can I just say? Yeah, well... I just want that <laughs> noted. That segue was actually perfection. It was, it was. I yeah. didn't hear enough enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, genuinely, that was that was Chef's kiss of segues. Um, yeah, Newcastle, as we mentioned, as Cara's just um, reminded us. Yeah, Newcastle through to the fourth round of the League Cup. Uh, let, I mean, to be honest, we're not going to spend too long on this match in terms of it was actually kind of a bit of a drab nil-nil draw with Palace on last Wednesday night. But Nick Pope saved three penalties. I was going to say get him on that plane, but he is on that plane. Again, spoiler alert for later in the pod. And we knew he was going to be on that plane anyway. But yeah, three penalties saved. We're through, which is at the end of the day, that's all you really need to do in a cup match. It doesn't really matter. It's all it's all well and good if you have a great performance and score loads of goals. But the only thing that really matters is that you advance to the next round. That is what we did. And a bit of history, actually. It was the first time Newcastle ever won a competitive penalty shootout at St James's Park, which is insane. The... I mean, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the ninth time of asking. Yeah. Uh, basically, Newcastle are as bad as England at penalties. Mm. Uh, and also, actually, only the third time in our history that we've ever actually won a competitive shootout overall. So we'd only actually won two away from home as well in our entire history, which is, is kind of insane. So, yeah. Um, we're, and also, more importantly, we've got a pretty decent tie in the next round. We're at home to Bournemouth. So, yeah, uh, Premier League side, but we're at home again. That's all you can ask for. And it's not, you know, we've avoided City, we've avoided Liverpool, we've avoided Man United. Mm. 
and also you've got to say really pretty favourable draw kind of for everyone involved apart from those teams because Man City you know, they, they had Chelsea in the last round so they've done everyone a favour by knocking Chelsea out they've now got Liverpool so again only mm. one of those is going to go through Arsenal got knocked out by Brighton there's no Spurs knocking around either so oh there's a again I'm and no Spurs lost didn't they to Forest yeah, so you know, if 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 we manage to make it through past Bournemouth into the quarterfinals, only one of City and Liverpool is going to be there. And assuming Man United make it past Burnley, which isn't going to be a super easy game because Burnley, yeah, they're in the Championship now, but they're at the top of the Championship. And Man United. And it's Man United. <laughs> you know, and obviously, you know, teams like Leicester, Brighton could still be in it as well if they get through their games. But you know, the fact that we could potentially be in the quarterfinals and only two of the so-called big six. I know we're in the top four now and all the rest of it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That's actually, for everyone involved, that's a huge opportunity. Would this be Newcastle's first silverware of... I can't even remember when. Uh, since 1969. Oh my God, it could be. As as, as, a, <laughs> as a journalist put it to Eddie Howe last week in a press conference, the last time Newcastle United won a trophy... A few weeks later, man walked on the moon <laughs> for the first time. So it's how unbelievable it is! <laughs> and actually, if we're talking domestic trophy, we haven't won one of those since 1955, which was the last time we won the FA Cup. So, yeah, I know people look down on on, on the League Cup, but honestly, <laughs> this is everything's riding on this. <laughs> yeah, but also it's just just having a good cup run is just something we experience like so little of during the Mike Ashley reign. Even if you don't. Obviously, you want to win. Of course, you want to get and you want to get to the final. But even if you don't make it quite that far, you still get that enjoyment, that hope of you know if you if you have like a really good run to the semi-finals or something like that. Even if it still ends up being a bit gutted and you don't quite make it all the way, that is still important for teams who aren't you know Man United or Man City or Liverpool, who were ultimately if, you know if they don't win a trophy, it kind of doesn't matter they might as well have gone out in the first round unless it's the Champions League because they, you know you want the money do you know what I mean mm. it's kind of all or nothing for them whereas for other teams even just the journey is almost as obviously winning is still like would be amazing but do you know what I mean it's like that would be uh, phenomenal so yeah I mean again so it's still Premier League opposition Bournemouth have actually done quite well since they got rid of Scott Parker um, even though they are still down towards that bottom half of the table and all the rest of it you know it's not I'm not going to just assume we're going to just sort of breeze past them or anything but it's as I say pretty favourable tie overall we've got to say so yeah we'll just have to uh, wait and see that'll be our first game back after the break in fact it'll literally be like depending on whether it's the Tuesday or Wednesday it'll literally either be two or three days after the World Cup final when Callum Wilson has scored a hat-trick for England (laughs) and brought football home so uh, again, spoiler alerts for when we get onto the England squad news, <laughs> listeners, uh, as if you haven't already heard it. But uh, before we get onto that, uh, some more sort of news that happened um, last week, which again happened after the pod had come out. Newcastle's ownership group injecting a further £70.4 million of equity into the club. That takes the investment now to just past £450 million. And yeah, Darren Eels, the, the the CEO, saying that you know we're beginning a, a long term. We're at the beginning of a long term plan that aims to build a club that can compete consistently at the highest levels of English and European football. We need to develop the whole business as well as the playing squad, and we need to do so while adhering to 
uh, financial fair play rules. This additional investment further enables us to continue implementing the business plan. So again, this is kind of that contrast with Mike Ashley, as we said, because a lot of actual club infrastructure stuff... Fell apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's the thing that actually, you know, you don't have to worry too much about FFP with, because that's kind of allowed. Only certain, certainly certain aspects of, of it is allowed, something that was completely neglected by Mike Ashley. And again, that, that does help that long-term plan. Yeah, it's never as exciting... In a sense, it's like a brand new shiny striker who costs sixty million, like Alexander Isak. Mm. But yeah, long term, if for example, that's a thing we've seen at Man City, for example, that investment in the in the infrastructure, in the training ground, all that stuff helps set you up long term because you've then got all that in place. You still have have to get the strategy right on the pitch. You still got to have the right manager. You still got to have all the right recruitment, and that can change. You know, but you've still got that basis. Just for long term success, which which is um, is is obviously really important. Again, I, I still feel like I have to say this every time. Huge asterisks next to the Newcastle ownership group being Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know, so I just I'm sorry, listeners. I know I bang on about it so much. I feel like I have to mention it. I feel like it'd be remiss of me not to mention it. Every, almost every opportunity that like as great a job as these guys do with the club, they shouldn't be in charge. But look, anyway, again, I had to mention it. It's like the, just the little thing I have to say. But back to the issue at hand. I guess what we need to ask now, though, kind of speaking of investment, speaking of that kind of aspect of it, is I think I think both neither of us were really expecting. I don't I don't think many people were expecting too much spending from Newcastle in January, having had you know two invest you know two windows of pretty big investment in the team. And again, as we said. If we're going to do it with FFP rules at the moment, we're not bringing in a ton of money. Certainly not from transfer sales. That limits what we can do, and we don't want to use up all of our FFP budget, as it were, in a really short space of time. But given where we have found ourselves, because we're kind of let's face it, we're kind of ahead of the curve in terms of where we expected to be at this stage. Yeah. Do we think that the owners are going to be tempted actually to spend again in January? To try and buy, like, oh look how well we've done. Can we just? Is it worth spending another fifty million pounds on this team to try and get more talent in to try and make sure? And you can never guarantee anything, but to do as much as they can to try and secure us staying in and getting top four. I mean, maybe, but is that going to upset the momentum of the team at this moment? I think, I think you've kind of got to wait to see what the World Cup does because if if we do end up with a serious injury from one of the players which is possible Mm -hmm. then obviously then that is going to have to be okay we are going to now have to invest and get someone as a replacement um, to try and fill this gap or if nothing else just to beef out the squad a little bit more so we actually have the numbers to be able to do this I don't think you necessarily need to I probably would say no and just focus on the development focus on the coaching because there's clearly talent in the squad and I feel that maybe Eddie Howe won't necessarily be pushing to buy anybody else unless there is a major issue so I don't know Yeah, I would say no I mean you, you certainly raise a good point about that squad balance and sort of harmony in terms of like we don't want another Tino Asprey situation 
where although he came in and actually did really well, he you know kind of gets a little bit of stick from us then falling short. This is way back in the nineties, of course, listeners. I'm, I'm again I'm sure you probably know you know the story, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see whether we do or whether we don't. I mean. If we do it and we get Champions League, then you've got to say, well, the gamble paid off because then you've got that Champions League money coming in earlier than expected and all the rest of that. Uh, on the other hand, obviously, if you do it and then we kind of fall short in the end, then you ask, maybe, was it worth it? Should we have just seen where we end up? Because at the end of the day, even if we just end up in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League, just to have any European football, obviously, neither of those financially have the impact that long term we want you know what I mean um, or sorry that the club wants but as I say I would have settled for just top half this season again that's also partly my like pessimism and all the rest of it but now at this point I think the chances of us not getting any European football is pretty slim so yeah we'll, we'll see it's going to be an interesting one to see what they decide to do but yeah, I say my assumption is no I, I feel that Effectively, Isaac is still a brand new signing who hasn't played and hasn't managed to gel. That is at, also an excellent point. In in the field at the moment. Not saying he hasn't obviously talked to his teammates ever and they don't know who he is. Like he's obviously there and he's been on the training ground and all of that stuff. But yeah. he's effectively a brand new player of whom we have no idea really what his long term success is going to be like because he's not been able to play. So I reckon he's your new signing in inverted commas. That that is an excellent point actually as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But mm. um a little update as well listeners. Uh, we we've spoken about this obviously in the last couple <laughs> of weeks with whether they should be nominated, then they were nominated and yeah. Newcastle completing the uh, so-called triple crown manager player and goal of the month. Obviously Eddie Howe as manager and then uh, Miguel Almiron winning player and goal of the month uh, the last time I, I dispute this <laughs> 100% player of the month no no questions asked <laughs> right and his goal was epic it was not a Madison goal I think this is you this mean Tillemans sorry yeah it was Tillemans Madison was, was a great player it was Tillemans I mean I think player of the month would have been Almiron um and Madison but obviously Almiron would win that right but it was Tillemans' goal I mean he's done several this month that have been epic so has Almiron but but I'm sorry <laughs> this is Saudi Arabia putting their money in <laughs> How dare in, you? in in the Premier League uh, it's rigged <laughs> Tillemans I'll give you the goal one was the only one that was debatable for me and obviously it's not even debatable <laughs> <laughs> But Miggy's, just wrong. <laughs> Miggy's was a truly sensational volley as well. But yeah, last time that a club achieved that, um, at least as far as I have been able to tell, was Chelsea in December 2016 when Conte won Manager of the Month, Costa, I think, won player, and Pedro won goal. So, and it's very, very rare for that to happen. So, um, again, a testament to just how good we were in October. Any other month. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, let's let's move on from that, listeners. We, we've we've spoken enough about that in recent weeks, anyway. <laughs> but as we've alluded to before, the big selection news in terms of the World Cup was Callum Wilson making Gareth Southgate's twenty-six man England squad to go to Qatar. Kieran Trippier and Nick Pope obviously on the plane with him. We kind of knew for a long time that they were going to be on on that plane. 
I mean, I'll be honest. I'll be amazed if Trippier doesn't isn't isn't starting all the games for England. I feel he should be. I I, I think Both it would be it, on current it's form steel and if he doesn't. With some of the injuries we've had at at fullback to you know Ben Chilwell can't be there because he's injured. Reese James can't be there because he's injured. So even even if Trippier ends up starting at left back, mm. because in fact the only recognised left back we're actually bringing is Luke Shaw. I think Trippy is going to start again. Which flank he's on, I'm not sure. But on on form with his free kick ability, it's he's guaranteed. Obviously, Nick Pope is going to be on the bench with Aaron Ramsdale behind uh, John Pickford. But yeah, I just I'm really really happy for Callum Wilson. He said he's unlikely to get that much time on the pitch, assuming he even stays fit in training. Which I mean, he's still a huge. <laughs> he's going to still get on the plane. He's he's not played. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. That, honestly, it's just it's so fully deserved, and also I'm just really pleased to see. I mean, I think Ivan Tony can maybe count himself a bit unlucky that he's not got to go because again he got he's a couple had a, of goals he's yesterday. had a great season, yeah. But again, I don't think that was necessarily Wilson taking his place necessarily. Um, but we've gone very kind of forward heavy um, at the lineup, though. Uh, I initially thought James Madison hadn't been picked because they'd been classed as a forward and not a midfielder and then I was like oh my god I can't believe he's not made it and then I was like oh wait no I reread it and I was like oh no he did make it and actually I know he's not a Newcastle player listeners but I have to say I'm actually really glad that James Madison made it as well because again I think that would have been criminal it is deserved on, on the form he's had yeah I, I just want him to go and just to show up Grealish. I, I doubt he'll ever make it on the pitch, to be honest. I don't Honestly, think I'll I even expect play Grealish, Madison. I expect Grealish to make it on the pitch ahead of him. Oh, yeah. 100%. But honestly, on form... And, and don't get me wrong, yeah. I don't even necessarily have a problem with Jack Grealish going because we know he can bring something to to this England team. We've seen it in the past where the team's kind of been crying out for him. But honestly, on current form, personally, I'd have Madison on the pitch all day. Head, even if Grealish maybe fits the system a bit more, sometimes, especially if it's going to potentially be coming on as a sub, sometimes you've just got to just throw on someone on. And and again, I know maybe this is the football dinosaur way of doing things, but sometimes you just kind of need that element of just mm-hmm. like just throw them on, and it, who cares if it fits? Sometimes it does work. Sometimes, not that Madison's a striker, but sometimes just throwing on another striker does work I know it's kind of like that basic thing and I know like we're a lot more intellectual about football these days with systems and tactics and all the rest of it but sometimes that does just work and that's the way football is um, and sometimes yeah I think maybe maybe we, we are just going to need a James Madison to come on who even if he doesn't nat- naturally fit he's just, just a hard worker he'll get you a goal or he'll, he'll carve the defence open with a pass or something like that but We'll see. We'll see how England get on, listeners. But yeah, really happy that Wilson made it, and yeah, not a Newcastle player, but really happy that Madison made it as well because deserves it. That boy deserves it. Yeah, it's a shame I think as well that we haven't got um, Jonathan. He's not going to Brazil. I think that is a shame. Yeah, um, the fact that some that Fred got into that squad and Jonathan didn't. Yeah, alongside Bruno um, is genuinely like baffling. Um, but yeah, obviously pleased for Bruno. Shame for Jonathan. And also, shame uh, it has to be said for Sven Botman not being selected by Louis van Gaal for the Netherlands yeah. squad. Now, like again, I know the Netherlands have some really good centre backs. They've obviously got Virgil van Dijk, Matthijs de Ligt, Stefan de Vrij, Nathan Ake. That's four really good centre backs. And okay, yeah, for a World Cup, you probably don't need more than four centre backs. 
but like Sven Botman is has been so good this season. Again, we have the best defensive record in the Premier League. He's obviously been a big part of that. And he's actually unbeaten still for Newcastle because he didn't actually play in the defeat to Liverpool, which is our only loss this season. Yeah. The man deserved to be on that plane. He did, he did. And it, it, it's a shame. But I mean, I feel for defenders, it's very much... It's hard to shine in a team that isn't one in the spotlight. And Newcastle haven't been in that spotlight for a while. If you, if you know what I mean, it, it, it'll always be the, the stars of Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and unlike with midfielders and strikers where you can have your moments of brilliance, I think defence is very much a like a, you know, yes, they can be brilliant, but it's more difficult to see. Yeah. Um, and I think he's just fallen under there because, yeah, I mean, the big names are always going to be there. But, yeah, it's a shame. And, I mean, you've still got Fabian Shah. He's going. He's going for Switzerland. And someone who I have never heard of, um, who I didn't even realise played for, for you. But, I mean, he is technically signed for, for, for Newcastle. Yeah, Garan Quall. I mean, we did cover the story a while back. But... I mean, you expect me to remember that. <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> Again, he, he was the young Australian lad who we signed, the, the forward. We signed him in September, but he's not actually going to join until January. And then he'll almost immediately go out on loan. But he got picked as well, which is cool. It'll actually maybe give us a chance to actually see him in action with Australia. Yeah, because I have no idea who he is. <laughs> so I will literally watch an Australian game just to hopefully see what he looks like and, and then I'll be like, oh yeah. I can't believe that Newcastle youth signings don't occupy more space in your brain. I know. <laughs> and with a name like that, how could I forget it? How do you say it? Uh, well, I've no idea if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Garan Quall. Garan Quall, yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I really hope he's built like the Australian rugby player, like just absolutely an absolute tank. Narrator. Just... He is not. No. Oh, <laughs> it'd be hilarious. But hey, um, you know, we're looking forward to the World Cup as a result. Are we? Well, I am. <laughs> I mean, well, look, obviously, look, let's, we, go on, we bang on enough about Saudi Arabia, so let's not go into a whole diatribe about Qatar. It's, I wasn't. It's I was frankly just... going to be weird. It's... <laughs> I was so just going it, on to lot... the assumption that England are going to be pants like normal. In a and lot we're of going to be ways... depressed for about a month. <laughs> in a lot of ways, I'm not looking forward to the World Cup because of all that Qatar stuff around it. The way FIFA are like, oh, maybe we should just talk about the football. And I was like, maybe you should fuck off, FIFA. But <laughs> do you know what? You have a go at me for swearing on this show, and I have not sworn for ages. It's been you. <laughs> I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's FIFA. But look. But on the other hand, it's the World Cup, so there's part of me that's... And Cal Wilson's going to be there, and <laughs> all the rest of it. And it, But it is nice actually having players there representing England. You know, at least one of them who's going to be on the pitch. The others, possibly not. I think maybe Wilson gets off the bench at some point. Obviously, Nick Pope is unlikely to feature at all, unless either Pickford gets injured or, and I can't ever see this happening, Southgate pulling off um, a Louis van Gaal and putting Nick Pope on for a penalty shootout, which I, I don't, I can't see him doing. So, you know, but it, it certainly it, add, it adds an extra element of interest. You know, I'm going to be looking out for Bruno uh, with Brazil. Hopefully, he's starting for them. It just adds that extra little bit of spice that we haven't had too much of recently because we haven't had many players going to international tournaments. I mean, Fabian Scher has been one of the only consistent ones with Switzerland 
in recent years. We haven't had too many others to shout about, so that's that's an extra thing. But obviously, as a result of the World Cup, you know, there's not going to be any Premier League football listeners. Um, if any big Newcastle news happens, then we will record, uh, you know, a bonus pod or two to cover any of that. But to be honest, otherwise, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break to hopefully enjoy the World Cup or to wince as there are very understandable protests and everyone actually like is like for the love of God Qatar shouldn't have had this and it kind of implodes on itself which I would also find quite entertaining I think we'd report on that I think we'd do a podcast yeah um, but you know um, barring anything too notable uh, we will be having a bit of a break and obviously if England win the World Cup we're going to be coming back with that so we'll see how all that happens but otherwise we will see you around Christmas time listeners have a lovely month uh, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review in the meantime as well that'd be amazing and yeah we've been Magpies Unrestricted we will be Magpies Unrestricted again <laughs> <laughs> I've been your host Chris Simpson thanks Cara no problem and thank you listeners bye, bye. it's coming home it's not this podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts